Hey, it's Mel. And Kim. And today we're here. We're actually going to do a little bit of a different episode today. Yeah. Um, not the norm for Humorous, but it is something that we've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. Um, I think that uh, as great as the name is, uh, Humorous Podcast, sometimes um, I've always felt like, or we talked about, that um, our name kind of hinders us from, from doing a serious subject. Right. Uh, sometimes because you know with a name like humorous it's hard hard to talk about something of the serious nature uh, at least to us Um, but something that the listeners don't know is something that is dear to actually both of us from um, due to experience is autism um, and autism awareness Um, I have a son who's 13 Mm. and uh, he has autism he was diagnosed when he was 18 months And I have a son that's nine, and he was diagnosed at two and a half. Two two and a half, okay. So So, probably about the... Yeah, okay. So um, if you're out there listening, um, or if you, first, if you, if you hear this or, you know, get alerted that this episode is about autism, know somebody who is going through it or dealing with it you know currently or who has gone through it and we're going to try to be very informative especially of like the very beginning stages of it that's got to be the hardest part absolutely um and i think and it's funny because a lot of people that we have talked to um and you were going through it and i was going through it and we weren't we weren't talking even talking time, to each other at the at yeah. the time. So um, when we finally shared our stories, they were so similar. And I'm sure you've talked to other parents, yeah. and I have. And it seems like this is how it works right. when you know diagnosis happens. And um, first of all, the emotional roller coaster. I think it's hard enough the first spot to hear something's not the norm with your child. Correct. And then with it being such a large spectrum, you don't even know what you're in store for. Because it could be on the sm- the lower edge, it could be on the higher You have no, no idea of where it's going to take you. Right. And going into it, and I don't know if you knew anything about it. because I what didn't. I, Right. So what I find is a lot of people who don't know what autism is, first of all they're very scared of the word the word is scary you hear the word and it's like what is that oh my god what does what is my you you don't know And when you google it you get worst case scenarios absolutely um so they say you should always stay off google and that is for a reason uh but when you're desperate for answers and information about your child you are of course going to to do that um so so basically, I didn't know, I wasn't, and oh, this is what I was going to say too. A lot of people who, and I, I kind of said it, but I, I meant to say it also a different way too. A lot of people don't even know what it is. So right. that's the last thing you're expecting to care because you're every you're uneducated in it unless you know somebody with it or have somebody with it, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, heard of it, or you might have heard so-and-so, so-and-so has it, but... You don't know what it is. You just right. know so and so, so and so's has it, um, and so <laughs> you know the first thing you go through is 
what is that? You, you, exactly. You expect maybe there's a delay. You expect something, but you never expect this thing. Now, also, let me go back and say this. Um, as I said, my son's 13. He was diagnosed at 18 months. Jack, uh, yours is nine, Jack, and he was diagnosed when he was two and a half. Um, so as there's, there's a lot of years now since our diagnosis. I will say I think there are still people uneducated on autism now, but it is definitely more on the rise and more talked about, absolutely. And more advertised, yes, about for awareness for it. Now, when Chris was diagnosed, it was every one in 150 children. Do you know, was it still that? One in every 44. Okay. By the time Jack was. 144. One out of every 44. Okay. And I, I don't think that's dropped. I think that's what it is no, now. No, I think that's about what it is. Yeah. I so, think okay. it's um, a lower ratio for for female children. Yes. Than it is for boys. For yeah. boys, it's on the higher rise. Correct. Why, I don't know. They but. don't know. That's the thing. You don't know. So that's the thing. You're told your child has autism. You're, you're, you don't know what it is. And you don't know where it comes from. You don't or know what where it comes it. from. They have no idea. Um, they tell you there's no cure for it. Um, you... So, okay, let's back it up because there's a lot of different... Um, there's a lot of different ones. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, not the it, it ranges. It ranges in different. Well, I'm not talking about the okay. spectrum so much, but the symptoms. I'm, I'll call them symptoms. Okay. Um, in my case, uh, let's see. So I guess Chris had some words by a year old. He had about 12 word vocabulary, not much, and definitely would say behind, but he had some. Um, and then he started regressing and then he would not even not only did he not learn any new ones but he did not he lost what he already had he lost whatever you know yeah absolutely so he he was not verbal at all um if you called his name he would not he wouldn't even look it, it was he, no he, they don't he, acknowledge they don't even name. nothing at all just As a matter of fact we had a friend who thought jack was deaf because we'd be screaming his name and he it didn't even like phase him and, for us to be screaming it, and that's what they thought. They we actually had to, we, they, and I'm sure you did too. Did he have to have a hearing? Yes, test? they could not give a diagnosis or yeah. continue with the um, autism testing until he had that done. Okay, exactly. That's what we did too. As a matter of fact, before that, at home, what we did is I used to, I know, terrible go not behind him like to scare the shit out of him he was obviously young but i would go and take like two pans and like bang it together to see if he would look up and react right. and at least i knew if he was deaf or not um and no reaction so for a while i thought maybe he was until he went right. for for this test but again the word wasn't out there and if it was because I didn't know anybody with it just like anything I guess if you don't know somebody with it you don't right. you don't take the time to, to look right. to, to look, look it into up it until you need to right so he had lost his speech he was nonverbal um, he had that uh, and so here now the doctors tell you with autism because it's unknown he may never speak that's like one of the first things yes. they said. I remember that the, one of the first things he yeah. said they said is he he may never speak. They cannot promise he will ever um, get his words back, and and so um, that's hard to. Oh, it's very hard to to process. 
um, what were what were Jack's symptoms? Okay, um, Jack was nonverbal even by three. He maybe had a, a less than half a dozen words by three. Um, he did not turn if you called his name. He was banging his head constantly against the walls and then dropping to the floor and slamming his head into the floor over and over. Uh, he also had some other strange traits. Like quirks? Like, well, like in the middle of the night, I'd hear a noise and he would have pulled open the, the dresser drawers and just climbed up on top of the dresser sitting there in the dark doing nothing. it scare you? Yeah. Yeah. One time I found him in our basement, went down the rickety stairs into like a very ledge rock basement in a corner staring at the rock. And not, not to cut you off, but okay. before I forget this thought, this is something I definitely want to make sure I say that is one of the hardest parts when you find out they may never be able to speak again. And at the time you're going through the motions, they can't hear because that is such a fear. What if they get lost or go into the basement? Yeah. They can't hear you calling. They can't speak and communicate and tell you when something's wrong with them. Like yeah. it, it, it's very hard. Oh my gosh! Now, I see at that, that point, so I didn't even I didn't even have a diagnosis, and these right. things were happening. Um, he, I'm trying to think of some other things that he did. He did not play with any toys. I mean, he would take a a car and just go back and forth that was about it he was looked like he was spaced out most of the time mm -hmm. um no eye contact no eye contact no yeah, Chris um too. no emotions mm -hmm. so i could take him to my mother's house and you know put him in a chair put a book down or whatever coloring book and leave and come back three hours later and he'd still be sitting in the same place no reaction like wow i'm happy to see you no yeah. reaction like not crying when I left. It was just like I had been there the whole time. There was no no emotion showing. Now, so since you brought that up, I'm going to go back to say Chris actually was very attached to me. Very okay. attached to me. Maybe not so much anybody else, but he would come to me. He would love on me. He would let me cuddle him. Very, very attached to me. And I, I stress that and bring that right. up to tell you when we first went to the pediatrician and I said, something's wrong. He lost his speech. He lost his, or he, he, he he's not. Acknowledging. Um, exactly. Sound. Um, no eye contact. All the classic, if you go to Google. If those you, are the classic Those are things. the classic signs of, of autism. Um, <laughs> so basically his pediatrician Di uh, misdiagnosed him. Well, they did. I didn't because get they they had the chance. Yes. So two. they said to me, and I'm not sure if it was be it was even though it was one in every one in 150. They should have been educated in it at that point. Right. They should have been. Maybe it's because that particular pediatrician didn't have a lot of cases of it, so they weren't. Right. I, I don't. Or maybe I in don't his know why. mind, that attachment was something that. You know, because he had that attachment. But they should have known the spectrum yeah. is what I'm saying. So basically what they told me was, okay, you know, he may have the symptoms or you may fear he has these symptoms of autism, but I could tell you right now for sure, 
their words, mm-hmm. for sure, he does not have autism because if he had autism, he would not, he, he's very attached to you. And if he had autism, he would be no more attached to you than he would to that chair in the corner and pointed to a chair mm-hmm. in the office. I, 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 like, I see the doctor, I see this point, I could still <clears throat> see that incident. And, um, and, and so they, they said he, he does not have it. And that mm-hmm. is why. Um, and as we know, there's a huge spectrum right. of autism, but because he had, you know, A to D, he didn't have E, so he didn't have it. Right. Um, and that's a problem with a lot of cases I've heard. Right. Um, the best thing I could tell you is as a mom, if your instinct is something's wrong, you have to you have to keep on top of it. And I say that because like I'm sure every parent out there knows and has always heard, you are the best and only advocate right. for your child. Well, now, nobody else is gonna nobody else is gonna do it at all. So and and I, I make that point to stress that just because I, I, I wanted to wrap it up on that side of the fence by saying um that day when they told me that I wouldn't accept that and I said okay then you tell me what's wrong and and I stay there and I pursued it okay. and they I, I don't know he he does have a delay for sure and I <coughs> said I, I I just I'm not feeling so they said I am going to refer you to the neurologist and the neurologist is going to um, to do their testing because you as a mom feels like they need this testing. But I could tell you the test is gonna, still insisted, right. this test is gonna come out wrong. And then, but, but I'm gonna do that for you because right. you know, you're the mom. To reassure let's, you. Let's reassure you, let's make you feel better. Um, and we got into the neurologist office and she spent maybe 15 minutes in the office. Now remember, a neurologist cannot diagnose a child with autism they have to go at the time it was birth to three who had to come out do the testing um so she said well this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna refer you to birth to three and she said i am not allowed to diagnose him with autism wow she can't but i could tell you be glad you came to me and you're getting tested so basically, her 15 minutes was, in that office, she, she told she knew. And I have a similar thing she, yeah. with um, our neurologist. But see, now with mine, it was the opposite. He, we had all the signs, but he was also my fourth. And I was always doing this. So when he wasn't talking, I just assumed, okay, the first one I had, she was all I had. So I, I always wanted her, you know, and pushed her to talk and to walk and to do this. And... Yeah, the second, the third, the fourth one, I wasn't pushing it. I right, was of course. So busy running it's, it's like that joke where, like, you know, when you have your baby, the, every, the first time, the oh, you got to sterilize all the sterilize bottles, everything. you got to do everything. Man, by the fourth one, you just yeah, pick by it up the, right back off. Yeah, and, by the fourth one, you just pick it up and pop it right back yeah. in their mouth. Like there's like you know, there's like the process, and maybe by the second one, you wipe it on your shirt. You do a, yeah. run it under a little water, but by that yep. fourth, it's like it, psh, you know, dirt and all. So, you know, I realized he had no comprehension at all. Right. But I didn't even think there was anything wrong with him. Like, I'm just like, okay. Like, I, I just haven't had enough time with him like I did with the other kids. 
And finally, I really started to notice, like I started thinking about the difference between him and my first and him and my second and him and my third. And then I started seeing him around other kids his age and the difference in, in everything. Right. So finally, I decided to call birth to three just to see if he needed a little extra help with with speech. Okay. That's all I was thinking of. So okay, so the you you said you had a similar experience. I'm sorry to cough. Uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Oh no, with a neurologist because was that after birth to three? Yes. Or did so you, I went to birth okay. to three. They came out and did an evaluation, and at the end of it, they said, "Okay, we can't rule out that he's autistic." Okay. Now it did make sense to me because I then Googled autism and different things and you know everything he was doing was there other members of the family thought I was overreacting I was jumping to conclusions there was no way so they said that I had to do a hearing test and then they would do further testing so we did the further testing um it was yes he was but there was still a side of me that all right, let me go to a neurologist now. I actually went to three different neurologists. And the first one was like a really good one that I've known. I went actually as a child to him. So I felt comfortable. I went to him and I had a similar experience. Jack was in there for 10, 15 minutes and just his reactions and the way things he was doing. He said, you know, I will do the evaluation, but I could tell you right now, he definitely is autistic and I mean at that point he even did a prescription for medication if he needed it he was just about three um, because he was starting a summer school program for special needs and um, which was referred to by birth to three and um, which we never put him on the medication but we finished you know the testing and sure enough he had it and then, like, when they first told me that, that it couldn't be rolled out, I mean, I, I cried. Right. And cried for days. Right. Because, like, I just, I didn't even know what I was getting into. Okay. At all. Now, are you about to get into um, the period of time when this was before? That was before the neurologist. That was just That was before the first... official diagnosis. Yes, so that was just at when the time... it was possible. Okay, right. And then um, after about four days of crying, I realized, oh, then they called, we did the rest of the testing, they came back and they said, at that point, I already convinced myself that's what it is. It, it can't be anything else. It made sense. Yes. Right. So it was almost like, let me just take that, that um, what's the word I'm looking for? That diagnose. Right. Because at least now it makes sense of why he's doing A, B, C, and D. Right. So, um even though I didn't have the official one yet, I you, pretty you much knew. put it that that's what it was because if I tried to tell me myself, like, no, it's not going to be. It's not going to I didn't want to fall again right. mentally when of they course. said it. So we're going to talk about that process in, in one second. This is just one thing I want to make sure I take time to, um, to, to make very clear to anybody who possibly is listening to this going through this particular step right now <laughs> I cannot stress this enough a lot of people think if my doctor says this 
If my pediatrician says this, it's gospel. They know. They're the ones who know if my child has it. They know children. This is what they went to school to do. They are doctors. And if my doctor says that my child doesn't have autism, I am going to trust in my doctor. If I trusted in my doctor, my child would not have gotten the early intervention that he needed, right. that everybody needs early intervention is is the only way to try to pull them out it's of the this. Ultimate key. Yes, and we're we're gonna hit that the early intervention stage. But um, but I did want to take time to stress if you're feeling like something's not right and and these things are adding up and you're seeing these things and you're being told by your doctor again, you are your best advocate. If you're told no, you insist. You insist as a parent because that is your right. Absolutely not. I, 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 I'm, I want another opinion. Send me here. Send me there. Let's do all the ruling out right. to find out. Because just because your pediatrician said it does not mean it is not true. Right. This happened to me. This happened. You had a similar experience. Right. This happens to a lot of parents. Now, we are the type that say, okay... A pediatrician said it, but you know what? I'm just, something's wrong. Something's right. effing wrong. But I have known parents to say, I didn't get in time to that window because I was told for years they were just delayed. That's it. They were just delayed. There was nothing wrong. And by the time they found out, it was too early to intervention them, early intervention mm -hmm. them. And it, it fell, it fell apart. Um, so... Th that is number one stress that I, that I want to get out there and, and, and announce Announce no, I that. Um, now we're going to talk about the process. This the what what you go through, and it's well, funny. It's like, where do you start? Well, where do you start? But it's funny because when we talked about this, when we very first mm -hmm. talked about this, and we were sharing and exchanging our stories, our stories were to a T of this process. Mm -hmm. And again, I've talked to other parents, you've talked to under other parents, and that, so this seems to be the classic um, reaction. So what happens? So now now I, you were telling how, okay, you, for four days, you. I, I start, you know, I cried for four days. I prepared myself for it when it came back. I finally decided and said and to myself, I have to put myself together because if I'm not, if he's having trouble functioning as it is, yes. how's he going to function if I fall apart? Correct. Correct. You know? So that's exactly what happened with me. There was like that four day span that I cried. I couldn't do anything. I was, oh my God, this is the worst thing in the world. What am I going to do? And you go through this major, I can't even say up and down down yes this major yeah, no down up. it's just down there there and, and there's there i mean imagine as a parent and if you're out there and you're understanding and going through this period i want to tell you it's absolutely normal to take time acceptance heal figure it out and then this miraculous thing happens once mm. you finally do and like you said exactly you wake up one day and you say okay this is it this is the situation. If I am like this, I am not helping him. 
I need to find out what to do. And yeah. then you kick into maximum overdrive. Overload. You become a parent that you didn't even know you had in you to become. Yeah. You, you it, it's, it's amazing what happens after that grieving. That's the word up. The grieving, grieving process. Yes, yes. The grieving process happens and then... Um, and then you just, you do. Well, and then my other battle was because I knew nothing about it. And and when you try and Google things and, and you're seeing severe cases and you're seeing all these things and you don't know where yours is going. But now you also want to know where it came from. Yes. And then, and then it's yes. back and forth on there. And then I, I finally, I was, it's all I was living was autism, Googling this, Googling that, Googling this, Googling the looking this up. Finally, I realized that in in my opinion, it didn't matter to me how he got it, and it wasn't going to save him for me to figure it out, right. and it wasn't going to change anything. It's irrelevant at that point. <laughs> right. That I had to forget trying to figure out how he got it and just start off he has it and see what I could do to get it, you know, to take care of him. And then autism takes over your life. Mm-hmm. You become more educated in autism. You go from knowing nothing to knowing everything. everything. And then some. It takes over your life. It takes over your family. It, takes, it, it trumps every single thing at that point. The only thing... The only thing at that point in your mind is... How am I going to help my child? Like with anything, with mm-hmm. anything they get, what am I going to do to make, even when they get sick, how am I going to get them better and over right. the sickness or this flu? And I'm going to, but. But there's no medicine to give yeah, them. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. It's not that easy with something like this, but it, literally it takes over your life mm-hmm. after diagnosis. And, 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 and it should, and that's the way it should be. Um, with that comes a lot of stuff though i remember feeling you know i remember feeling guilty i remember feeling like you know and and this is this is sad but this is what happened my other kids they they went on the back burner because you know what they were okay and they they didn't need help that help like that so it literally became all about how am i going to help chris what am i going to do is Will he hear again? Will he do? And then how do I help him? What do you know? It it's it, it literally takes over. Well, and then you have the therapist. So now you have your days are shot because you got people coming in all day long, Constant. and you have speech, you have physical therapy, you have occupational therapy. So it's, I mean, up until age three, they have birth of three. Yeah, and they come to the house. Then we had- and it was like one hour a week. By the way, at least when Chris was going through it. The birth to three was like one hour a week, which let's face it. Oh, I had a lot more hours. Does, than that. From I birth had, to three, I had about nice. two to four hours a day, five days a week. Really, it wasn't until after he turned three that we were able to get. Well, now let me back this up. Um, I actually knew a speech therapist that I was friends with. As soon as he got diagnosed, they were saying he needs speech therapy. Now. Here's another thing. You're diagnosed with autism. You go to reach out for the help that you need and the resources, and there's a waiting list out the ass. You can't just yes. call. You can't just call speech therapy and say, hey, I need this, or I need OT, or we need to do this quick early intervention without being told, okay, we have an appointment in four months, and you're thinking, 
for no hell no that was my first savior that, that was my first savior that I was able to call her and she immediately got me in um, or got him in immediately and we were start we were seeing her two times a week seeing the OT we have the PT like she was the first I always call everyone in that frame and who helped with Chris the heroes so that right. was the first hero Mary John was our first hero um, and, and she she started that process but it wasn't until he after he turned three that we were able to get our dts which was like 15 hours a week for in-home therapy at first they were literally coming to the house and what they would do is they would teach me or not really teach me i would watch what they did so when they left because they're only you there had to do it you, you had, had to do, do it yourself. yourself yeah because you know that mm -hmm. one hour at that time was what we got that was not going to do anything yes he was getting his speech twice a week his ot whatever but you know what it's around the clock you're sitting there and you're doing everything and you don't know anything and about time, it they can't talk so you're learning the yes. sign language and you're learning the visual pictures to relate to show them what yes. their schedule was that's how jack even when his therapist would come whatever toys they were going to teach him to play with that day we had to have little pictures on a velcro thing to line it up and to show him because if we name them he had no clue he had no comprehension unless he saw it correct and and that's interesting i'm glad you brought up the sign language because that's another thing now all of a sudden when you're in these therapies options are being thrown at you yeah. you don't know you're you're the you're the professional how do i know but one thing i do remember that i instantly instantly knew I did not want for him for me personally was sign language and they told me the reason why they do sign language is because it is proven to help them to learn how to if they're going to speak it helped maybe not proven that it's a fact but it or it, no it, it is a proven fact but mm -hmm. they can't guarantee it still but there's something about signing and talking that um coincides together that they have a better chance or right. okay my personal opinion on the sign language i refused that i said i want to stick to only speech because my fear was if he got if he learned the sign language for his words he would then rely on the sign language and if there was a chance he ever would speak he wouldn't he wouldn't have to right. because he knows sign so to me that was a fear if he learned sign he's not going to try to talk and so i actually denied it even though i accepted it. you accepted it and so in both cases it worked and, and there's no right or wrong there right you, you know however you do what's going to work for you correct but i have talked to plenty of parents who have said oh yeah the sign definitely you know helped and and he did know and he was taught but my fear on it was was that that he would be dependent on it absolutely and rely on like it. hey if i could do this why do i need to learn right. how to talk and so i, I feared that um but again and that's just the, the difference in what right. we did but they're like i said there's no right or wrong it it it, it works either right. way well you know not well, either so way, we didn't just, do it with all words it was more like colors and um, stuff like that because i remember they you started you want to eat and we would do the motion tea you right. want to drink and right. we would do 
it was more things like that than actually doing all the words okay gotcha now i do with that being said i do believe like i would say you know drink or you know the the little small things like that um it was more for like the actions things he was going to be doing and to actually have a conversation and well, I remember specifically going into um, the, one of the speech therapists because then I mean, then he was able to get speech therapy through a, another company. So he was going to the private one that I had for him twice a week. And then from insurance, he, or where they sent him, he was going to another one. And I remember that particular one, I went there and, I, and uh, she wasn't there that day, but the person working for her or you know was a sub whatever she was right. working and i remember i had went into the bathroom and i came back and i remember she had colors the colors out on um right. the cards so you get flashcards and she was doing the sign to the cut like orange or you know what i'm doing right. this i don't know what i'm doing but i'm just you know brown and, and i remember walking in and i said what are you doing like, what are you doing? Like, I literally right, freaked right. out. I'm like, I, no, no, no. He doesn't do the sign. He does You know what I mean? I, like, right, I was right. horrified. Like, she's trying to teach him the colors. I'm like, we, we already talked about this. Like, I, you know, right. she doesn't have to do that. But, um, so I meant more like that as far as, oh, like, okay. as a whole everything. But the simple stuff, like the, the eat or the necessities, right. the I necessities. guess. I said, yeah, I believe I did do just a few okay. of those just for, for necessity purposes, but... Now, um, you said how he, yours, um, Chris regressed with, with Jack, he never had the speech, but he had already been taught how to use a spoon and a fork. Yes. And he regressed to sticking like his hands in a bowl of soup and trying to get it into his mouth with his hands. So we did have, um, that regression. The only thing when he took the test that he passed was that he could walk. And even that, he was a very late walker. So did he, did he eat? Are you saying he ate or he didn't eat? He ate. Like, he had learned how to, to um, use utensils. But then he aggressed and he stopped. He would eat, but he would... Gotcha. You know, he was and very, he very went, okay. specific on what he ate. Mm. So we had a very limited... I think um, for the longest time there was like a, a Lipton soup and that was all that he would Interesting. have. So Chris um, actually went to, um, oh, actually it was a, another speech therapist, but she did feeding therapy with him. And the reason why is because he had sensory issues. He yes. would not eat. So when you say he was, Jack was limited, I had the same issue, except what I was dealing with is all he would ever eat was yogurt, Trix yogurt to be specific, and yogurt only. Yogurt only. Can you imagine? Yogurt only and milk. Okay, yeah. He would drink milk from his bottle, but I remember he had like this blue bottle and he would, if I tried to change that bottle or that nipple, I think it was the yes, nipple actually because got it got married. to that size, that perfect size for, you know, he would not do it. So if I gave him a new bottle, he would not drink out of it. So he literally was drinking like there was like a hole on the. I'm like he's gonna choke, but he if not he wouldn't even get the milk. And at that point, I felt like the milk's the only thing giving him nutrition because the tricks yogurt is it, and that was even scarier than the thought of him not ever being able to talk because he was literally getting nothing in him, right, at all except tricks yogurt and milk. 
that lasted for, I can't even tell you how long. I just know by like three and a half he had started finally. I'm sorry, maybe it was three. Okay. It, it was it was about the three range that he actually finally started to take stuff in and try different things. But for so long, those are the only thing. That's the only thing he drank and the only thing he ate. Mine ain't soup for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay. And for snack. Soup all and the time. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I do believe he would eat fruit snacks. Okay. I do believe he would eat that, but nothing else now. I never did had he have sensory the, issues. He did have sensory he did. issues. Was that was that his reason why? Do you do know, or did they ever say? I don't know. Okay, I'm just wondering if why. that's a very common thing because I don't. I don't think we ever discussed this part of it, and I've not. I don't think up to date until now. I've ever met anyone who said, "Oh yeah, with that, my son had such bad sensory issues. They only ate one thing." Like like right, Kristen. Right. I don't think I've ever. And I don't think I even knew that about Jack. So no, that's and the other thing about Jack was, no, I lucked out he never had a bottle. I nursed him for a long time. Right. For longer than I did the other ones. But because of how old he was, I literally went from nursing him right to a cup. Okay. So we didn't ever even did the bottle stage, which was good because I put him on one of those, uh, like the, the salad cups. Yeah. Yeah. So that okay. he went right to that because I think he already was ha- starting to have teeth and stuff. Okay. So um, I'm trying to think of how old he was when we stopped nursing. but And he was he was a big boy, so we did that. But, no, he was very fussy about right. what he ate. He had very strong um, smell issues. So anytime he tried to cook something, it would upset him because he could smell it. Right. And I remember, now this is going when he's a little bit older, so now he's had the therapist's speech and he can talk. And I bought, like, the store brand of the Lipton soup because they were out of the Lipton, so I bought Big Y or stuff. And and I remember him coming downstairs because he didn't like the smell of it. That was not his soup. He could tell from upstairs Mm -hmm. that whatever I was making was not the soup that he yeah. And then he was not going to eat it. And routine. It's uh, very yeah, routine. Very routine. Yeah. 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 Um, so stress number two that I want to get out there. Or not stress like stress, but stressor. Like I'm stressing to, to everybody out there like I did with the follow your gut instinct and all that is early intervention I cannot say it enough early intervention early intervention early intervention early and it will rock your world and I know sometimes it's not um, as easy for some families as it is for other families uh, because maybe you know of your work or your schedules or, or whatever but I till this day know Chris would not be where he ever got to be if he didn't do if it. we didn't and I do would it. say the same thing for absolutely mine. he was doing speech therapy twice a week he had PT once a week OT once a week he had the feeding therapy once a week and 15 hours a DT therapy which was the de- de- developmental therapy right. um, in home um, oh and he also went to teach Okay. Have you ever teach? Like teach is like a program where they, um, they also do therapy with with them. Okay. And huge waiting list, by the way, for teach. Okay. Uh, but he was in there, 
And I, I think they did it like once every two weeks or three weeks because they're just so backed up okay. like everybody. But, um, it, I mean, our life consisted of running him around. And sitting home their, and waiting for therapists to come. And when they're not home, we're working with them. Yes, absolutely. It is a constant, um, hard, time-consuming battle and and mind you again when you have other kids in the house it's hard um they start to resent they do um, they start to resent they may not come out and say it but i mean i my kids started to say little things here and there like we, we couldn't just go to any restaurant we had to go to specific ones so there was not a scene right and i remember one of the other kids saying like why does he always get what he wants? What about us? Right. We, we eat there every day. We don't want to eat there anymore. We're, we're sick of it. And I'm like, but, but we can't. I'm not ready for dishes to be broken in the restaurant and right. screaming and scenes. Now, we did, um, after birth of three, we had Easter seals come in. Easter they, seals, yeah. We yeah, dealt with came, them, too. Um, five days a week, four hours a day. And then on top of that, we had speech on Monday. We had occupational therapy on Tuesday. We had physical therapy on Wednesday. So basically his life was therapist, no matter yes. where we went. Yes. And then when is... you came home, we did the brushing techniques. I don't know, did you ever do the brushing technique with did the not. arms and the legs? No. Yeah. Okay. 20 minutes a day, three times a day, three times a day. Okay. So an hour a day to sit there and take this little, like a uh, little brush. And you had to go up and down on their arms and do it in the palms and flip the hand over and down the legs. It was supposed to be a calming technique. But if you do it the wrong way, it does a reverse effect. So you have to really pay attention, which gotcha. I Gotcha. So now did you try every single therapy there was at, like anything that was made available? Yes. Did you ever try ABA? Yes. Therapy. You did? Yeah, I had that okay. through um, right after... Easter Seals, um, the guy that I had through Easter Seals opened up his own practice. And okay. we did ABA and they covered everything there. Were you um, did, were you satisfied? Like, did you like that form of therapy? Not satisfied, but I mean, did you... I mean, because at the time, this is what happens. You don't care. Like, the only thing I was adamant about was no sign. ABA, I actually, because at the time, you don't, because they're asking you, well, do you want developmental therapy or ABA? or what? You don't know. You don't know what's best. And, and all you could think is, as a parent, if I make this wrong decision for my child. I'm going to screw him up. I'm screwed. Yep, that's right. He's not going to get better. It, you, their life is literally in your hands right now is how you feel. like what, And, and you don't know. You don't know what's going to be the thing because some people or some children work better on ABA. Some do developmental. Some do, So we did dabble in ABA therapy. Um, in the end, we ended up sticking with the developmental and all the other resources and therapy we had. And I'll tell you why. Uh, because... Um, ABA is very it, they what it's their practice repetitive. is is repetitive that that is their practice that's their teaching so you know you show them a card you show them a card again you show them a card again then you go back to show them in this card and you don't graduate from those cards until you can say it then you move on and then the next day you got to say the first set again so a very repetitive form of therapy um, which I am not putting down at all mm -hmm. there like again there's no right or wrong answer I've known plenty of families who chose the ABA route and it's worked for them it's been great 
What scared me about the ABA or, you know, worried me about it was um, the best way I know how to explain it is I remember um, our our therapist, you know, Whitney. Yes. Yes, Whitney. Um, here are number two. She's yeah, mm-hmm. the second one who's st- and and she was she was in school and she taught me like she would teach me so much. She was by far the I mean we spent fifteen hours a week with mm-hmm. her and she became family. She was there all the time, but she literally taught me because let's face it, we don't know, we don't know. We're learning to this process as it as it goes on. Um, but I remember speaking to her about the practice of ABA after watching it a couple times. And she said to me, you know, the thing about ABA is they they might teach him my address is and then teach them the address. And then my address is, teach him that, my ad, until he gets that, my address is. But then if you address them ever, ever and say, while. where do you live? I don't know. I don't know where I live because I only know my address is, and they don't know their address means where. So they only, they were limited. They learned, but they were limited on their learning and might not understand it in another, um, in another way. And and I really, and I thought about that. And again, for me personally, after that, I said that that's not going to work like mm-hmm. and you know and this of course was after he was getting a little bit, right. bit of speech back which I, I do want to hit on that those right. moments too okay. um but yeah. but so did you did you well when they did the ABA they didn't do it very long because at that point he was picking things up so they didn't have to keep just doing it um I'm trying to think of what else he had but we had that all the way up until maybe five. Okay. Yeah, maybe almost five. But now, is you know, members of my family were coming down on me because that's all I had them in was therapy all the time. But I remember reading that for what they can learn under the age of six in one year, after they turn six, it'll take them I think it was two or three years to learn what they could learn in a year under six. Okay. So that's why I was trying to get as much crammed into him before he hit six. Right. Exactly. Because there is that point they say, okay, so again, I cannot stress. I've said it. Early intervention, early intervention, early intervention. And part of the process of early intervention is going back to what I said originally, lesson number one, or what I want to plead to parents, I guess I should say instead, is follow your instinct. Because if your doctors put it off and you don't find out till they're five, you have a one year window. Mm -hmm. If you find out when you feel it in your heart, which may be at two or three, you have three, four years to, 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 to get it in there. To get it in there. And if that did not happen with Chris, at by the end of the whole process he was known and still till this day from his therapist that i see um he was actually uh labeled from uh his therapist at teach every everybody who worked they would say he is the poster child for or for early intervention the poster child for it um 
And I, I firmly believe it. I firmly believe in every single power of early intervention. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, and and I and there are some parents out there who, um, who who might not just know that they. I mean, they might be told, but maybe they don't understand how detrimental or what's the word I'm trying to say. You know, how important. Or I will just go right. there. Or, that's a um, simple word. That's a, that's the simple one. I'm going with that one. How it how important it really honestly is and i know you have again you know you might have a full-time job and there there's hardships there's also other things that go on inside the household or could possibly that are very common um like my experience along with yours and lots of other mothers specifically that i that i spoke to it could actually start breaking down or causing tension or problems not just with the family or kids who may think oh he gets all the attention but um with and and this is not all fathers i am not saying this Mm -hmm. there are fathers who don't go through this process or do the same thing as the mom and then they kick in but more than not the stories i've heard and in my experience um what what happened in, in my case and these other cases I heard is the father goes through, I guess what they call the denial stage. Yes. Um, and so while they're in that denial stage and I'm in the stage. Because their ego feels blown. Right. And moms are in the stage of, or I was in the stage of, you were in the stage of, I don't give a shit what you think. You're not holding. You just yeah. don't hold me back from getting them to there. You know, and they were denied. So they 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 weren't helpful. They weren't supportive. They, and that starts crumbling too. So you're basically what you're doing is you're doing these therapies. You're doing this, but the the household itself can start crumbling right around this. Now you're not keeping up with the housekeeping or now you're getting pizza and and Burger King instead of cooking meals because you don't have time to do any of that. The laundry's built up now because you don't have time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It it could get pretty bad fast. So what I want to say, uh, I guess, would be my my third thing that I want to stress here is that if you are going through this situation right now um, where you feel like the other party, you know, or if it's if it's the mom or if it's the dad going through it and it's the mom listening or vice versa even, and, and there's one parent that's not on board or in denial or anything, um, this is very common. You're not alone in going mm-hmm. through that, and I know it sucks, and you feel alone, and you f- and it's it's the hardest thing in the world. It's it's it, it could get lonely uh, when you're doing it by yourself, yeah. and you feel like you don't have the support of your spouse or significant other. It it sucks really really bad, but it is such a common thing. They are not the only ones. Yeah. The, now, you're, you're how not I learned to ones. deal with mine was. You know, my speech was, you could be in denial all you wanted. It's not going to change what it is. Right. It's only going to make things worse. You have to just go with the flow. And then it got to the point where, okay, if you don't want to say he's autistic and you don't want to acknowledge autism, he's got learning disabilities. Right. He's got a lot of them. Right. So the only thing I'm doing is helping him with his issues because a lot of people in my family had a very hard time with with the A word. That's right. what it was. We called it the, the A word. word. Yeah. 
And I finally said, you know, if you don't want to hear that, don't ever say it again. But he's got a lot of learning disabilities. And the only thing I can do is get him ahead of the game, right. you know, because I, I took a beating for having him in all the therapies. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so basically this episode so i want to start doing more about this because this is autism is so near and dear and again we might have touched on it on stories here and there so our listeners may know um some things about or, or, or may have known that that we did but we've not done this and again we want to do this for a long time because we want to a raise awareness for it and b we want you to know um Again, you're not alone. If you're just finding out that you have or your child has been diagnosed or there's possibility or something and you have a a question or anything, um, you want to share stories, you want to, you know, ask what I remember something very common or very, the very much stands out to me as I remember um, getting in touch with the Autism Society. And I said, okay, my child was diagnosed with autism. I am doing A, B, C, D. I tried to do E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, V, W, X, Y, Z, but waiting list are for all of those. So then I try to go this route and I went through all the things I, that I, I have him in and, and, but several more things I was trying, but I couldn't get him any, it was just out of reach or, this and waiting list and all that and and I, I was desperate at this point I said please tell me what else can I do what else can I do while I'm waiting for you know the more than half of the rest of the alphabet you know to, right. to be able to do and her words to me were um, if you were to call me before you did A through Z I would tell you a through Z is what you need to be doing. Basically, you told me everything I would have already told you. You are doing everything, everything you can, can right now. That is it. The, this that's exactly what I would advise you to do. You are doing it, and it felt good to be reassured that I was doing everything I could for him right. and the best treatment. But also, it felt uh, helpless that there's nothing else. You know, there, there's, there's nothing else. It, 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 that's it. Like, I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. And it's going to be, um, I mean, again, think about just your child being sick. You, wanna, you want them, you want to help them. You want to get them better. And you want it to happen quick. And you just want them to feel better. That's not, it, does, it doesn't right. roll like that here. It, it doesn't. And, and, and you can't. And, and the fears, again, you don't know if they'll ever speak. You don't know, in my case, if he was ever going to eat. You don't, like, it, yeah. it's, well, will they Only hear? Only sleep. Sleep. Because, yes, um, yes. Jack could go a week. No naps, no sleeping, nothing, and have more energy than I've ever seen in my life. Right, absolutely. And at that point, he couldn't talk. He didn't respond to anything. And he wouldn't, at that point, he wouldn't even watch TV. He hated TVs. Right. So you couldn't, like, yeah. just put him, you know, put a TV on or, you know, in the crib or something to amuse himself. You had to be up and functioning all night long and then up with the other kids all day long the next day. Right. Exactly. And I didn't know how long, if that would be the rest of my life. 
Exactly. And when you do first find out, the thing is, is you, you don't know, you don't, you might not know resources, you might not know, what do I do? Who do I talk to? Who could answer these questions for me? Who's been in this situation? Who, what do I do? And you, you don't even care. You're reaching out to anybody you can at all, at all. So what we want to do and like again have been wanting to do for a long time is 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 talk about it and open up about our experiences and say you know if you are going through this process and you feel like you need someone to talk to or um again to find okay well what did you do about that if you have any questions what did you do about this or when they told you this what how did you feel about their what my doctor's saying this what do you think we're asking you or, or we're encouraging you um, or letting you know that we, we would love for you to write into yes. us at humoruspod at gmail.com. Um, and, and Kim and I will go through the letters. We will, we will get in touch with anybody who who needs answers or just needs someone to talk. Sometimes someone I just, just need someone to talk to. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we, we want to do that. And again, like I said, we've been wanting to do it for a long time. We want to continue having episodes like this. Um, it won't be obviously our, our norm thing. This All is right. kind of like a special addition um, to it, but we do want to continue to do this and, and awareness and, and we're gonna come back um, and we're going to tell a, because there's also those joys, those joy periods that happen when when they first oh, they're, speak. They're, when they there's, first, there's, yeah, there's, there's so some many amazing ups, stories, yes. and it's all worth it after the struggle. Absolutely, you go the struggle, and it is very rewarding. But the struggle is bad. It, it is, is bad, and that's why we and it want, drowns you. It does. It drowns you. It does. It, it does. You're hopeless and helpless, and it, it's physically just, drained, mentally yes. drained. Yeah, um, absolutely exhausted trying to find more information exhausted trying to find more resources exhausted trying to form find more therapies or okay he's been in this therapy for so long well, what's the next step what's the next step what's it's there's always another step absolutely absolutely so again humorouspod at gmail.com um we we very much want want you to to write if you feel like you're just in that terrible place or scary place um, upon diagnosis or anything in between uh, the possibility the waiting for the testing because that's another thing the testing is just not like okay let's get you tested tomorrow there's a waiting list for everything and I remember the waiting list was huge huge for everything because at the time it's every one in 150 kids. Can you, I can't even imagine right now what the waiting list is for one in every mm-hmm. 44. Mm-hmm. I can't, um, which is scary because again, sadly it's the domino effect. The longer you wait to get diagnosed, you get a, the longer to get an appointment, you can't get diagnosed and you can't get uh, early intervention mm-hmm. until you get, so it, it uh, and then let's not even start with the insurance. Oh, well, that, uh, that's going to be another one. Stuff, oh, you know? my gosh. Oh, the hell. Yeah. The absolute hell of, of, of that, too. That we don't cover this, and then we don't cover that, and we and don't do this, and you have I to remember, have that. I yeah. remember uh, for Jack when I first started to take him to speech therapy, and, and I had read my policy, you know, we had speech, and they kept calling me. They're like, your insurance isn't covering it, you know. So I finally called the insurance company, and... Um, 
Yeah, the speech was covered, but only if he got hit by a car, because he was hit by a car, deformed his face for him not to speak. But for autism, it wouldn't no. cover it. No, autism was not seen seen as yes something that would be. And they said it very rarely like that, you know. Yes, yes. Okay, we will cover it, but he's got to be hit by a car. Like, so should I send him out to go get hit by a car just so you'll cover, right? Cover the speech, you know. Right, exactly. But it's stupid loopholes like that. Right. Oh, and and another thing is want wandering off, you know, because they don't know their name and they're they're fearless at, at, at that that age but we're actually we're, we're running out of time mm-hmm. we're out of time um again it seems like five minutes that we've talked yeah. about this because um there's just so much but it goes by so fast unfortunately so we're actually going to come back with with a part okay. two to Sounds this good. yeah we're going to come back and we're going to we're going to do some other very important parts and then of course talk about some of the rewarding things at yeah. the end so you know you know that it is going to be a long journey, but when these things happen, the the, the things, because I remember those first moments, those first moments that um, things have happened with him, those stick with me. Yes. I, I never forget. I remember where I was, how I yep. was. I And when, when we talk about it or when I talk about I got goosebumps. I, I think right. I even started tearing up when I, yep. you know, it's still like it was yesterday. Um, and they're amazing. So, you know, the process to, to the whole thing is... It's hard and it's up and it's but you down. You stick in there. It, yeah, absolutely, you do. So, um, you could find this episode and all other episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and our website www.humorouspodcast.com. Um, this is Mel, Kim, and we will be back for um, our part two edition of Autism Awareness. Bye bye. Bye bye.